previously on the Dave and Steve show. If I'm going to go to a urologist again, I am not going to one with fingers the size of bratwurst. 2.30 in the morning, I'm in my underpants in my backyard. Correct. Know, get over here. No, <laughs> shut up. Get over here. But he's seen this movie called My Octopus Teacher about this guy who has sex with an octopus, from what I can gather. It's something close. To, no, yeah, Steve's shaking his head. He no. doesn't have sex with the octopus. Okay, it's yeah, a hand well, job at least. Let's but... disagree to disagree. <laughs> yes. Unless there are sparks and explosions going on between my legs, it's wow. really hard to get me excited. It's really why, do I, why do I vividly remember him wearing, like, long johns with a very distinct, like, moose knuckle? That, that was the other dude. Things I've never tried before, never will try, probably would want to try, but don't know that I would want to try them because I don't know how they work. Speaking of sex toys, which made me think of bondage and Germany, people would come and they would do the thing. They'd bring the box. You'd have to log it. I opened up the box down below um, underneath the counter where people would come and then they would slip it in the bottom, right? There's a little slot. They'd put it down a tiny chute into this padded box. The padded box was big enough that I could get into the padded box. I slowly push it back up and it flops down on the counter. I totally admit that I am not motorcycle folk. Um, as much as I would like to be, I just can't. As, I, illust I, as illustrated by the use of the term motorcycle folk. <laughs> I just, uh, yes. you, meet, you meet the nicest people on Hondas. <laughs> Show number 55 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave. Sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away, is Steve. I swear to God, I don't know that I'm doing it when I'm doing it. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. Sometimes I see them coming a mile away, but not that one. I didn't. I was like, who? Those sound like us. I don't know that that's us. Oh, that one, that one hit, that one hit me, Johnson. That one, that one just, I, uh, I was not expecting to hear that amount of dribble just. <laughs> As I was going through doing the previously on for this week's show, I was actually getting a little nervous because there wasn't typically there's something in the show, like a real, especially like a real standout clip. It might be a slow week all up, but we would have a standout clip where I could really hit it with the zinger at the end just before the music and it sort of makes everything right again because if you end on a really strong joke it doesn't matter if your your whole set list was nah, yeah, right, okay right. they remember that last a, a great example of a not a comedian but a band i went and saw a band once they played all original music crowd was not into it at all including me it was just they were an opening act and we're like eh. and then at the very end of their set they played Fight for Your Right to Party by the Beastie Boys. And right. the crowd went nuts, and everybody was chugging beers, and the place went insane. And then all I heard about afterwards was how great the opening band was. Nobody remembered the other seven songs they did that nobody gave a shit about. They remember the one cover that they did. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, on, certain weeks I can, on certain weeks I find our Fight for Your Right to Party, and I'm able to end on that. But I wasn't finding it this week. And then we got to Steve's story that he told last week about hiding in a video cassette return box at Safeway. <laughs> and it all came together. It was all oh, it was all magical oh, at that point. I had I, I, 
I know it happens because you record it and then play it back for me. It is, I don't know that it's happening a lot of the time when it's happening. Can I let me just say something here as far as show prep goes? Typically, before we record this podcast, the three of us get on together. We sort of talk back and forth a little bit. I don't want to go into details, but what I will say is before we started recording this show, it went about as dark as it could go. And I'm not quite <laughs> sure how to rebound from how dark it did go in our discussion. But it was it, it was basically Tracy and Steve feeding off of each other. And it got to the point where I said, can we just start the show? And I'm second guessing my own decision because I'm not sure that I had gotten right in my head to to overcome that discussion. And I'm sorry. Yeah. I know we're talking you inside know, I, baseball. I could have I could have debriefed that a little bit more. Um, but no, no. Dave has a timetable and we are not hitting it, Tracy. And <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. what? <laughs> if you if you need a little closure, some resolve, you know what? We'll do that at the end of the show. But yeah, you know, there's a, there's a time but, in between, but, but, and that's uh, that's but, show time. Yeah. But I got a previously on that needs to be played, and man, yeah. oh man, it was just it was just getting so dark, and I didn't see it turning around anytime soon. And I figured the more dark and depressed we got overall, the worse this show was going to be. So we had to just get going. We had to just well, Steve Steve sitting here talking about some dark shit while he's wearing an apron <laughs> that's a giraffe. Uh, I'm still not sure why he's wearing an apron with a polo to record a podcast, but here well, we are. I'll tell you, um, since you're, since you're asking for, uh, uh, to, you know, move on and, and we segue into something. So there's a very good reason why I'm wearing this apron It's cause I made, I made dinner tonight, but I also left it on because I wanted, well, Hey, I wanted you guys to see my apron cause I love this thing. Yes, I got is. it for Christmas a couple years ago and I wear it a lot around the house when I'm cooking, not like do another stuff maybe a couple times but right. it yeah i love it anyway um i wanted to remind my uh, remind so this last week we made it through meatless april oh, right wow yeah and on yeah exactly exactly and i told you guys the psychologically i you know i don't mind not eating meat but the fact that there was a deadline on it and i had to get through is driving me crazy um, what are you doing with your hands, Tracy? <laughs> so, I know this is what I do when I listen to you. Sometimes. Oh, okay. I, that's that's good to have a coping mechanism for listening <laughs> yeah, to me. That's he's hoping, he's hoping his hands will tune you out. Uh, no, <laughs> so bring more. I was just it was the, yeah. okay. So uh, tonight so, you made meat. Is that what you're telling me? So no, I didn't do it tonight. So on the thirtieth of uh, of April. At the end of Meatless Thursday, I'm not eating meat on the 30th, but I go to the store, the cash and carry, right? It's like, um, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a dime store Costco. Uh, right. It's, you, you get, it's, they sell a lot of the same kind of stuff. It's a lot of restaurants and stuff go there. Um, I went and I got a big thing of pork butt, pork shoulder. Sure. Whatever, whatever you call it. And I was going to make pulled pork um, all night long. And then it was going to be ready the next day. It's, it's a 10 hour cook. And I bought so much. <laughs> I bought so much just because they come in really big packages and I don't buy it very often. So I don't know how much is how much I only made half of it. And I filled one of those big Turkey, um, those big Turkey pans. <laughs> I filled it with 
with pork and I roasted that sucker for 10 hours um, in the, you know, I rubbed it. I did all the stuff and, <laughs> and, and uh, put it in the oven. And then 10 hours later it came out and it was unbelievable. And then I ate way too much pulled pork over the weekend. Okay. Now that's, you get the meat sweats, right? When you, when you eat way too much, sure. meat, <clears throat> yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I had not had it. So I totally overdid it and it was, it was a lot. So when I went back to the, um, when I went back to the pool, uh, on Monday, <laughs> I was a little slower on that day. And I, I thought there was going to be like a little oil slick or something. Yeah. You know, the there, there may have been, I, the house smelled amazing for like three days <laughs> and so it was, it was really, really good. But, um, but so, I, I, I have, I have frozen pulled pork now that is, that is done and ready to be thawed out. But I also have uncooked. I, I only did half of it. So, I have uncooked shoulder that I'm ready to do again. Um, and I'm thinking the next time we all, the three of us get together, I'll do up a 10 hour batch of that. And we can, uh, we can have some sandwich because I broke out the uh, Lawrence, Kansas the, um, barbecue sauce and we went to town. So, so it was we great. Get the, See, uh, the meat sweats you, together. I right. Like okay. I'll get the okay. meat sweats. So <laughs> on, on the subject of meat sweats. So you, you mentioned this. So, I had to go to Los Angeles once for a trade show for my work. And I went down with a guy that I'm really good friends with. We've become really good buddies outside of work. We hang out together. Uh, his name is Clint. Clint is a big meat eater. Clint is one of the guys who basically I give him shit all the time because he somehow manages to be fit, slender, and in shape while consuming nothing but red meat and fruit by the foot. Those are his two staples in his diet. Right. Well, at least he's getting some of the pyramid, right? So me being the uncultured swine that I am, we go down to Los Angeles and Clint says, we have to eat at Fogo de Chao while we're down here. And I said, what's a Fogo de Chao? And he said, well, it's a, is it a Brazilian meat house? Help me out here. I think it yeah, is Brazilian. It is actually, yeah. Brazilian meat house where they, you literally, if you've never been, cause I had never been until five, six years ago. If you've never been, you sit at this table, you have plates at your table, and you have a little coaster that sits next to you. And you can flip the coaster either to green or to red. Green means bring it on, I'm ready to eat. Red means I'm taking a break or just hold off for a little bit or whatever. But <laughs> so slow, slow the meat down for just, a, pretty, just pretty, a minute. Pretty much. So, But you yeah. can flip it either way. So I, I, I've never been. I've never experienced this before. They are bringing giant swords up with meat on them, and then you basically say, yes, please, and they slice some off right in front of you, off the sword, onto your plate, and you just get fresh meat right there. And there are people walking around that restaurant. There's 20 different people at any given time with some kind of meat, chicken, poultry, whatever, on their on their, on their their skewers, and they come up to your table. Do you want this? Do you want this? Yeah, I'd love that. Oh, that looks great. So I am just – go ahead, Steve. I, I just, I'm very curious. So uh, the meat on the swords, I haven't ever been to one of these places. Um, is some of it like, you know, you know, dry or like, it seems like it would be dried out if they just bring it. No, it's all no. juicy, freshly cooked. Yeah. Delicious. And they have bacon wrapped things and they have certain kinds of chicken and fillets and skewer. Like okay. any type of meat you can think of comes up. 
Now, one of the to your point, I think one of the re- one of the ways they sort of preserve the meat and keep it going as long as it does is it's also heavily salted. Everything has a shitload of okay. sodium on it. Yeah, so yeah. so everything's really salty. It's all this, you know, very oily, fatty meat that you're eating. I had never been, and this was amazing. So I took everything that came to me. Oh, I boy. rarely flipped that card to red. I kept it green most of the night. I ate and I ate and I ate. And by the time I got back to the hotel, I was so sick. I was sweating. I was uncomfortable and then and this i i apologize for all of you sensitive listeners i took the biggest dump i've ever taken in my life to the point where i thought the top of my head was gonna suck out my butthole i thought i was just gonna completely <laughs> invert because there was yeah, there's n- apologizing and then there's like yeah. <laughs> turned on the old cabbage faucet just, there was there was nothing i felt like there was nothing left to give and my body would say nope you got you got a little more in there remember the bacon wrap things that you had like it just kept it it just kept coming and it was it was one of those things where like it took me probably a year and a half because eventually now there's one actually not far from us there's one in a, a city nearby called bellevue uh downtown bellevue has a fogo de chow and it's really nice we've eaten there a couple of times but it took me a good year and a half, two years to go back because I had, I had, it's sort of like when you're a kid and you eat the wrong food and you throw up. And then from that point on, you can't eat that food anymore because you just think about yeah. the time you threw up and you don't like that food anymore. <clears throat> I was turned off by Fogo de Chao because I had been such a pig at Fogo de Chao and ate way too much. So if you go, just be careful. Yeah. Have They have a nice, delicious, very bountiful salad bar. Get yourself a good salad so you've got a little bit of, of food in your belly before the meat starts rolling around. It's yeah, like, it's, like, gonna, it's like the fireman's trampoline, right? Yeah, it's going yeah. to catch yeah. all the business. Like, it's okay to jump if, if, you, if you throw a bunch of salad down there, a couple of good soldiers. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you, you did the shick shadle approach to, uh, <laughs> to, the, to the, the meat experience. And this is not unlike the first time that, that we have a local grocery store chain uh, near us where I, I had I had, we had got done playing golf one time and I said hey I I have some time to pick up some chicken at this place and you picked up some chicken there too thinking that mm-hmm. it would be good and you brought it home for your wife and I know how in your body responds to like yeah. particularly salty food and uh, so you had had a bunch of this chicken and then it took about an hour for it to work its way through Let's uh, be clear. The chicken that the chicken that Tracy's referring mm. to was literally chopped off pieces of a salt lick that had some chicken flavoring sprinkled on them for taste. It was yeah. it was literally <laughs> just a block of sodium that I was eating. It was it, it was a dark time in my life, and I was uh, I was reaching <laughs> for things that uh, I don't anymore. But um, <laughs> it was those but, dark uh, two kidney days. <laughs> Tracy's that's, past. That's what did it. That's what finally finally shriveled up that other kidney but man the, i i you know meat. now we're gonna go down a weird uh, <coughs> poopy rabbit hole here but uh <laughs> i this this reminds me of the you know i've i told the story on the last show and i think we even made some like big joke about it on one of our on one of our our special episodes that we did <laughs> but there was there was the one thing that i crave and i still crave to this day is the soft serve ice cream from one of the hamburger places in mm. our hometown. I absolutely yep. love it. They would do a vanilla and chocolate swirl. It was amazing until the time I got it and I, I got food poisoning from 
the soft serve ice cream. And I literally, I, I don't think I've ever had a worse experience in my life than trying to make it to the truck stop <laughs> that was halfway between my hometown and where I lived at the time. I knew that truck stop was there because that was the route my dad used to drive all the time in his truck and I had been with him a million times. So I knew that was there and I knew that was the place I had to get to. And I knew that things were not going well down there. Like there was stuff starting to happen that I needed to get there immediately. And I have not had as much as I love that soft serve ice cream. I have not been able to bring myself to get it ever since. I've been back to that burger place 30 times and I cannot get the soft serve when I'm there. I guess it's great because I don't have to worry about eating even more junk food when I'm getting burgers and fries. But at the same time, I just can't do it. Yeah, it's it, it is it is magic. I I can absolutely attest to it. But it also, like, you kind of got to plan your day around it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you, you you like you you know what you're doing at at you know two thirty in the afternoon, and then you also know that anything after um you know three to three forty five. Um, is the, that day is blocked off. Rest, yeah, rest, but, but you're not day. You're not blocked off. The day is blocked no, off. No, you're, no, no, you're no. You're flowing day, just fine. Yeah. yeah, your calendar has an yeah. indefinite hold on it yeah. for a while. Yeah, and you, yeah. you won't be RSVPing that you'll be anywhere. No, uh, but no. speaking of being on the toilet, Tracy, I have to ask, at, at yeah. a certain point today, <laughs> you let us know that there's a toilet currently in your yard. And you yes, have in my, to explain. In my front yard, the, you have yeah, to the, explain. Yeah. So um, th I looked out the window today as I was working in uh, my office and, and I saw our downstairs toilet in the front yard. And I thought, well, yeah, that <clears throat> that's that seems about right for how the day is going. Um, so really classing up the neighborhood. So this week I've had um, the entire every uh, the, like all the floor surfaces of in every room has been uh, or is in the process of being replaced this week. So <clears throat> the uh, that it started with uh, the carpeting and the carpeting was uh, was great. Uh, that's what the one we had anticipated. Um, unfortunately, like in our home, about 80 percent of what we own lives upstairs. Downstairs, Dave, you've talked about my empty front yeah, room. It's the weirdest yeah, thing. I don't have a lot of, I'm a, I'm a minimalist downstairs. This is true in a lot of ways in my life. But I'm I, bet was, downstairs. I bet it was yeah. super easy to do the flooring in that room though. Yeah, well, they, they showed up and they're like, wow, you did all this for us? No, <laughs> no, no this we didn't. Is, yeah, this. So, so all week I've been <clears throat> between kids, baseball games and working and whatever. I've been taking stuff downstairs and it's been yeah, downstairs in the front room it's gone to the garage and i've like my dresser is downstairs all my clothes are downstairs and by downstairs i mean the garage that's where currently i'm getting dressed in the morning next to my car yeah and so <clears throat> it's uh it's a it's a great experience so when they were they took out toilets to obviously put flooring down downstairs and i have a downstairs bathroom because <clears throat> people who go down uh come to the downstairs of my home get to use amenities that's kind of this, just some of the uh privileges i allow you're a saint <laughs> yeah i know so anyway uh <clears throat> that uh but that this is uh, tomorrow will be day number three on the downstairs um flooring 
and uh that's going on a long time now because there's no place to sit and have meals there's no place to sit i mean if my family had conversation yeah right it would occur sitting in a in a room that is currently uh unfurnished uh so it was interesting that my my wife had explained to us like when i had been working all week to take all our belongings downstairs she explained to us we everybody in the house had this understanding that like the next day after the <clears throat> the uh, upstairs uh, was carpeted, that um, the the bathrooms would be done because there's a certain surface that's being done in the bathrooms. And we thought, great, we have some time to kind of sort out and haul this stuff upstairs, place it and figure it out and all those things. But get the honey bucket yeah, ordered and in place. Exactly. All the, all the... And more than Don't we- Don't want to poop in the bucket? We... <laughs> great. Great. So, uh, so the, uh, the <laughs> tiny text, anyway, the, sorry. um, the, uh, the interesting thing is like, she, it was nine o'clock at night, a little after it was about nine twenty, And she said, uh, Hey, we need to, to get all this stuff upstairs. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she asked her, like a question, like, and so she's like, well, they're, they're coming to do the floors tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, but just the bathrooms. And she's like, well, no. They're doing the whole downstairs tomorrow. So at 920 night, not only do I have everything that is all the furnishings of downstairs, but I also have the things that were formerly upstairs are now downstairs. And the entire contents of my house needs to be moved upstairs at 920 at night. That's lovely. Did did they do the toilet or did you do the toilet? Oh, they, they they do the toilet. It was 80 bucks a toilet. And uh, my home has three toilets. Humble brag, but uh, uh, that's uh, <laughs> such <laughs> so such I'm a like, privileged lifestyle you lead. Yes, I am. Th- these are these are definitely uh, uh, first world problems. So I'm just like, hey, pull the toilets. That's fine. You, you just do you. So um, <clears throat> so I again, it was like just pulling everything. So a lot of things are. So all the things that I own are behind things that were we had to drastically kind of take the time to get things out of the downstairs so they could do the, the, the floors in the morning. So all my belongings, like my clothes and everything, they never got back upstairs. So I'm still getting dressed in the garage. I'm still, uh, I am. In fact, earlier today, I was saying, I don't know where I'm going to podcast from. Like, I don't know. So I got a table. I showed you guys like my, my mixer and get, and uh, computer are sitting on the floor next to me. It's just a table and me in this room. That's it. And I, I now possess. I am sitting in the only place there is to sit in the whole house. I, I'm. <clears throat> I, I want to go back to, <laughs> to you paying this money to, to have, as you put it, to have the toilets pulled, and only because, that's very distinct terminology. And so I picture you doing exactly what I do, which is <clears throat> wandering into the house when the people who know what they're doing are doing the stuff that they're doing. And walking up to the guy in charge and being like, how's it going? Things are going well? Yeah, it, no, it's going fine, Mr. Green. Uh, do you want us to pull the toilets? And you going, uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's go ahead and pull the toilets. Let's, uh, let's get the toilets pulled. Let's go ahead and let's pull them. Honey, we're going to pull the toilets. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, go ahead and pull them. Let's, let's pull them all. And then you hang on to that term forever because that's what I do. 
somebody says something that I can glom onto and act like I know what I'm talking about. And then from that point, yeah, and I'm not saying that's like what you did here. You sound like an industry insider yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. well. A little bit of the jargon. Yeah, back yeah. in the day, yeah, I, I used, used to write to... articles for Toilet Pole magazine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> back, back when there were magazines. Yeah. D- DIY Toilet Puller. Yeah. Um, so are you... Now I, I am interested because we we had well we had we had our toilets pulled you know we redid <laughs> we redid the 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 toilets in our uh, uh, when we redid the flooring last year and we took advantage of that um, we had them take the one out of our master bathroom and replace it with a with with a very nice like Cadillac toilet like a like a like a you know the longer the elongated bowl. As right. opposed to like the little Honda Civic. That, right. uh, a between, lot of... between the electric bikes and the Cadillac of toilets, it's like I don't even know you anymore, Steve. Who are yeah. you? Well, for somebody that spends that much time shitting, you should consider getting I, I bought a really pork. nice toilet. I bought so much pulled pork, I can't even eat it all, but I just bought it anyway because, you know, money's no object. I got the Cadillac of toilets. I got electric bikes. Just, I'm getting I, I my driveway say, repaved. Do, like, do, do you know the top trim of Buick? That's basically trim. my toilet. That's your toilet? It's <laughs> yeah, so oh it's God. it's nice. it's very reminiscent. Uh, if you look from like 10 feet away, you'll think, oh, is that the Cadillac? And I'm like, no, that's that's the upper trim Buick. <laughs> well, we so we had it. We we had them take out the, the toilet and they, they set it aside. And then we re, we got a new toilet and took the old toilet away and had them install, had them install the new one. And they, they were kind of like... It was almost like like it, it's, yeah, I'm it's like look you're, install, you're installing a toilet and it's like but of course they you take one toilet apart it's not the same as the other toilet exactly so it's a little bit off but I once you I see have no your regrets. toilet once you see your toilet removed from the bathroom you look at it with such contempt yeah you're like <laughs> you're oh, like, I, don't, okay. I, don't, I can't look at you anymore. Because you have a very, very personal relationship with your toilet, whether you like it or not. And then when you see it detached and like it, it's off on vacation, it's not earning its keep. You're you're a little annoyed. By yeah, that for toilet. Steve, for Steve, it's like running into his maid while he's on vacation on a beach, and she's just vacationing. And he's like, "Why aren't you cleaning my stuff up? Like, what's going yeah. on? It's all it's very so, weird." So, so of course you're going to dismiss that toilet, and you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> new toilet immediately and have it have it plugged in yeah I, toilet I, talk on the david steve show yeah once i saw my toilet in the yard i was like i don't want to see that toilet anymore so are you going to make it into a planter yeah. like 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 a really classy upper decker planter yeah like right off right off the top yeah not nothing in the bowl just <laughs> yeah only only there and people can be like oh how rude yeah because i've uh, i already have my newer. peonies there's there. a weird, there's a weird, there's a weird line that, that, uh, that I find with toilets where I will, here's where I invested it when it comes to my toilets and we're going to, I hope everybody's enjoying this toilet talk cause we're going to keep this going. But so where I invested in my toilet was in the lid. I got uh, for all of the toilets in the house. I got those lids that when you tilt them down, they sort of, they're almost like yes. spring loaded or whatever. They slowly close so that they don't bang down. But at the same time, you don't have to bend all the way down to close them. You can just get them started and they finish the job for you. That's what I invested in. Now, when it comes to my toilets in general, I have one toilet in my house and it is the toilet that guests 
use when they come over because like tracy it's downstairs it's the one that they have the easiest access to that every time somebody new comes to the house i have to tell them that the sound it makes when it's flushing is okay it's not they did not break the toilet because of the weird sound that it makes so i am not i am not a person that's going to invest heavily in toilets i'm i'm just i I would put a siren in there or something so a siren would go off every time they flush the toilet i so on the lid this is we need to patent this right now on the dave and steve show this this new this is going to be a new thing oh i can't wait that we sell the lid has a black light on it so when you (laughs) shut off the lights you can see when the lid goes down the black light will show you where it's where it's dirty so you know where not to sit or where to you know where to clean because (laughs) what the hell why are you both looking at me like that this is this is gold i'm just waiting for you to get to the good part go ahead People are people will pay top dollar for a black light toilet lid that they can they can see all the, yeah it'll be perfect. You know, one thing I've discovered though, if you ever use a toilet that is not spring loaded and you are used to throwing that lid down, because <laughs> like, like when I was at my shot. sister's yeah. house, yeah, when I was just at my sister's house, um, uh, taking care of the demonic bird, um, I would uh, go ahead and uh, do my thing, and then I would like slam dunk the, the yeah, because you're used slam. to giving it that little flick to really, because you know it's going to catch and it'll slowly lower, and so yeah, you just pull trigger on that thing and wham. Uh, hey, listen, we're, we're we're we've talked about toilets way too long. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show. John Tortello Games and the Dave and Steve Show Fun Factory proudly present the hottest new game on the market. The official Dave and Steve Show board game. Set up the board, grab the dice, and take on the exciting role of middle-aged men pretending to be radio personalities at home as you recreate all of your favorite Dave and Steve Show moments. One, two, three, Four. Oh, neat! I landed on the what did you do last week square. Time to draw a card and find out what exciting stuff I get to talk about. It says allergies acting up. That's kind of lame. I'm going to draw again. Yard work? Hang on, let me try one more. Crockpot recipes? Oh, what the f***? Nothing recreates the sadness of three aging has-beens living out their radio fantasies quite like the official Dave and Steve Show board game. One, two, three. Uh Uh-oh. Draw a technical difficulties card. I wonder what that will be. Internet problems? Bad mic? Oh shoot! My webcam isn't working. Back two squares I go. And the official Dave and Steve Show board game is fun for the whole family. Watch out, Dad! You're about to land on... Oh no! I landed on the body rash square! I guess we know what you'll be talking about the next three turns. The Dave and Steve Show board game comes with everything you need. Just strap on the plastic Dave and Steve Show headphones. Toy headphones not functional. Grab your Dave and Steve Show microphone. Toy microphone does not work. And roll the dice to see who will be first to hit fame and fortune. Let's see. It looks like I get to book a guest. Time to draw a guest card. Oh, I hope it's someone famous. 
It says here, you reach out to a C-list celebrity, but they never email you back. Lose two turns? Huh? That's weird. That's what all these guest cards say. So race out today to your favorite gaming store, department store, or wherever high-quality board games are sold and ask for the official Dave and Steve Show board game. You'll be glad you did. Hi, this is Steve of the Dave and Steve Show. Believe me when I tell you that the official Dave and Steve Show board game is the best Dave and Steve Show board game you can buy. Or my name isn't Steve of the Dave and Steve Show, makers of the hit board game, the official Dave and Steve Show board game. Hey everybody, let's order some Wild Horse Pizza and play another round! Yeah! The electric motorcycle has been around far longer than many of us have ever imagined. Well before William Harley and Arthur Davidson got together, another company in 1896 named Humber produced an electric tandem bicycle at the Stanley Cycle Show, which featured a bank of storage batteries and an electric motor that was placed in front of the rear wheel. Later in 1911, popular mechanics wrote of a three-geared electric motorcycle that would reach speeds of up to 35 miles per hour. For now over a century, the dream of using stored electricity to power a two-wheeled vehicle has become a common reality in our world. It is no longer left to the dreamers and inventors to create such things. It's now the dream that the common upper-middle-class left-of-center suburban man can realize as he begins to see the once bright ember of his life slowly burning to its pitiful and hopeless end. This has been Tracy's, you know, all motorcycles are pretty cool if you think about it. Minute. Once again, on on many weeks, I don't know who the minute is directed at. So, I, Tracy, who was that? Was that t- towards me or was that? Towards oh yeah, Steve? It w- yeah, it was you. That's what uh, I thought. That's what I thought. <clears throat> but uh, it was about your excitement about the uh, electric motorcycle um, that uh, Steve talked about. In my excitement, to be clear, my excitement around Steve's conversation last week actually came from the fifteen minutes he did on battery. Uh, cycle life cycle and and their detriment to or non-detriment to the environment so that was where things got really entertaining well and i fueled that a little bit because he was he was he was i think he was a little impressed that i had such great environmental concern and had for a long time about uh what the impact that batteries have in general not just in the modern age but in the uh See, and this is where this is where i never know with you tracy and i'm being serious i never know but, if you are <laughs> truly concerned about the environment or if this is just your passive aggressive way of saying hey dickhead your electric motorcycle is just as bad if not worse as my harley well there's a there's a couple things that i can play it both ways i guess yeah <laughs> yeah he sure can <laughs> however he wants he can do well, it, whatever he wants i am a i am a rather complex uh individual uh that uh <laughs> 
and that uh, I like to basically pick the ways that I give people crap. So that's well, pretty much. And, but the thing is, I mean, motorcycles are typically pretty good for the environment, no matter if it's you know combustion or not. Um, that's not that big of a deal. It's, it's, I, I got interested now you'll, you'll find this very interesting. Nope. Uh, Tracy. No. Yeah. Yeah. He will. He will. But he nobody will. else will. What are you going to do here? What's play your cards? What I'm going to do is, um, what got me turned on to these electric bikes, I realized was when, um, when a friend of mine said, Hey, have, I'm thinking about getting an electric bicycle. I, I, I think, have you seen this? It's got a weird name and check it out. So I went on, I checked it out. I went down one mm -hmm. of Dave Johnson's rabbit holes mm -hmm. and, um, and it was a Dave Johnson rabbit hole because the person that turned me on to the electric bicycle was Dave Johnson. I'm like, you know what? Why would I not go whole hog and get like a full on electric motorcycle? If these things are going to take me at speeds up to 40 miles an hour, because a bicycle, a bicycle allows you to exercise at least a little bit. A motorcycle is doing all the work for you. You're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. You're not, you're not exercising on an electric bicycle. You know, it's, <laughs> it's hard. And it's one of those things for me. I want, I love everything on two wheels. And so I do want an electric bicycle, but I am actually a little more concerned about the safety parts of that than I am a motorcycle. So I have not really gone that direction, but, um, anything, well, yeah, after, uh, after Simon Cowell took the spill on the electric bicycle, that's, that's, well, you know, there's been a lot of studies done about just, just in general, like the gear that is related, the gear hasn't gotten better. Right. The, the things right. that people wear. So people are still wearing what they would wear when they are just out on a bicycle. But when you're, when you can go better, you know, much faster speeds that you're, you're trying to, now you haven't, you're starting to catch up to what motorcycles have had to do since the 1970s in terms of like head protection, a lot of things. So Leather's you're, you on the electronic bicycle, you are in the wild west now. Our kids will never enjoy the unregulated access to these things that we have right now. Um, and so I, I, I often kind of wonder, you know, I, I still want it. I don't, I don't care, but, uh, um, but, uh, right now I'm just enjoying, um, just good old fashioned, um, motorized. Yeah. I so um, I, <clears throat> I think, I, so the electric bicycle made me think of a guy that I used to work with who had built, cause I work with a bunch of really smart people, uh, myself excluded, but. Uh, this guy had built a, a contraption that actually he retrofitted onto a standard bicycle that was a motor, and it worked the same way that these electric bikes do, which is when you when you need it, it's there. When you don't need it, it's not there. And he had gotten it to where it could get up to some pretty hefty speeds. That's not the point. What that actually then made me think of was my buddy Don, who ha was on a normal bicycle. He had just decided he was going to, and Don's a, a healthy dude, but he had decided he wanted to get even more healthy and he was going to bike to and from work. And so the trail that, that Don was on, he was flying down that trail and he was on the correct side of the trail. He was on his side that he should have been on. And as he came around a corner, somebody had stopped in a golf cart and they had stopped on his side and it was on a blind corner. And so Don swerved to miss them hit a rock, flew off of his bicycle, and then slid, this This is what he said, I don't, I don't, I don't know, 20 to 25 yards on his forearms, on concrete, Ooh. and skinned oh. himself to the bone, 
Don Don was, and then Don was just a a week away from going on vacation. So Don was texting us these pictures of him wrapped like a mummy in all these gauze bandages on the beach, like sitting trying to enjoy a drink. But he and he was, you know, he was having fun with it as much fun as he could have. But he was sending us these pictures of him like holding a mai tai wrapped in these bloody bandages because the blood would seep through and they'd have to change the bandages constantly and it was it was awful and he still has of course like crazy scars on his arms the point of all this is a normal bicycle is dangerous enough we've all taken one of those spills off a normal bicycle now you strap some kind of motor to it and not just a motor it would be one thing if it was a combustible motor where you could like it took you a while to get up to speed and all that stuff this is just like Steve's motorcycle that he was talking about, where you you hit the gas and you're going. Like, you're, you're full speed within just a matter of a couple seconds. And that, on a bicycle, is terrifying. Yeah, it is. And the brakes haven't really caught up either. I mean, there's a, the Brembo has done great technology with brakes over the years to um, anti-lock technology and all those things. Those, li- those have been in motorcycles for a good 15, 20 years. That's not in bicycles. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, so the technology hasn't caught up. So it is to, it it is the wild I look, west. I look forward to all the electric bike sponsors that are going to be beating down our doors to advertise on the show. Now this is going to be great. You know what? I tr- I reached out to a bunch of electric um, bike uh, companies to just talk about electric bikes on the on the show because we obviously have some kind of an interest in it. None of them, you know, uh, none of them wrote back. So screw them. Yeah, screw them all. They're scared. They're scared. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just, you know, stared down big electric bike. So, <laughs> so yeah. A bold move. Yeah. No, we really would like to talk to you. So if uh, you're listening, it'd be really great if you could come on the show. Let's find out what Tracy has in the big electric headlines. And now straight from the Dave and Steve show news desk in beautiful Anytown USA Plaza. It's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Yeah! Our first story, what can white cotton underwear tell you about the health of the soil in your farm or garden? Well, quite a lot, it turns out. Hundreds of people from farmers to school children are burying their cotton underwear in their back gardens to dig up eight weeks later as part of a citizen science project called soil your undies that began in the united states and is spreading overseas and is now gathering momentum in australia cotton is made out of a sugar called cellulose that's making it a tasty snack for microbes and an army of other tiny decomposers that live in the soil the state of the garments when they are retrieved will indicate the health of the microbiome in your soil so Speaking as a person that has uh, buried his underpants in the garden, <laughs> I can tell you that there were there were very very few benefits uh, to uh, to what happened afterwards. I don't know. Well, first of all, I don't really remember where they are. I'm sure they were rototilled up the next year. Yeah, without um, a doubt. Your mom tilled up some underwear, knew they were yours, and said absolutely nothing. She just chalked it up to, that's my boy, and moved yeah. on. Yep, I don't understand him, but there, <laughs> he's he's on his own journey. 
<laughs> now, if you do dig up your underwear that there's not much left of the cloth, then the soil is healthy and teeming with activity. But if it is mostly intact, then the work is necessary to improve uh, the uh, situation with your soil. Okay, well, then those under those underwear are gone because that is one of the healthiest gardens probably in on the planet yeah i mean it's an amazing garden i i I agree i will vouch for steve on this one this is um i've seen his mom's garden and it's it's bountiful if you know what i mean uh so is this is he referring to the denmark pond story oh yeah 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 uh, yeah, the, the end of it, the end of that story. Here, here's the thing, and this is like maybe I just don't know gardening well enough. Maybe I don't know this type of lifestyle well enough. For example, Steve's mom, beautiful, massive garden, grows lots of crazy things. They're all beautiful, bright, well-kept. I don't think she had to bury any underpants to know if she could do that or not. I don't understand why you need to bury underpants to know if your soil is capable of growing stuff the way you know is you grow stuff and if stuff grows yeah but i mean there's there's certain types of soil so the soil in the valley that we come from dave um is unbelievable it's some of the best soil in the entire world it's absolutely um fantastic that's why we have such great um uh, hey, and it's pretty much purchased for racehorses all over the world. I mean, it's it's absolutely, um, it's unbelievable geologically speaking and ripe for that kind of bacteria and that kind of, um, you know, that kind of worm activity and stuff like that. So that, that soil is different than the absolute um, bland... <laughs> clayish soil in my yard where it's very difficult to get things to grow by itself and i have to put all kinds of stuff into it to make it do right so he's he's trying to reach the heights where his underwear will be decomposed my question is this how many pairs of underpants did you have to bury to, to to come to that conclusion right. I, you know what, I did not know this is a yardstick to determine what um, you know what this is. So I am going to bury. Hey, Steve, I will come to your house and bury my underpants if it helps you out. I, that's what I, I will do for you. I think I, I was, we should all, we should all bury some underpants in different parts of my yard and see if a tree grows. I want you to send an underpants out, tree. I want you to send out really colorful, vibrant invitations to an underpants burying party. I want them to have like little cartoon children burying underpants. I want there to be a bright sun with a smiley smiley face on it. I want I want the full rigmarole and I will show up and I will gladly right in front of you, right in front of you, take that day's underpants off and bury them in your yard. We should do it as a charity event. Just go yeah. to somebody's house. Just show up at their house and start burying underwear in there. That, that sounds like a very Seattle thing. Yeah, that's a yeah. You just start burying your underwear in yeah. strangers' yards and then having a good old underwear burying party. Yep. This is how we used yep. to do it before yep. we had all that litmus paper stuff that we'd we'd test the soil with. We just we just take off all britches and we put them in the ground. <laughs> that's all we it. needed to tell us whether or not we're going to be able to get any kind of crop out for this next year. <laughs> Our second story, a man built a 250-foot-long poop wall made of cow manure after getting in a 
property dispute with his neighbor. Normally, they spread it in the field, but they decided to make a fence out of it, neighbor Wayne Lambarth said. Lambarth's grandfather bought and cultivated the farmland a century ago, but some point along the way, the property was divided. There was a dispute that began. It's a, it's a shit pile over there, said another neighbor. Lambarth had a couple of people renting a house on the property, and they have had to deal with the smell of the cow manure every day. It's like you can't leave the window open. The whole upstairs smells like it, one tenant said. The neighbor who built the wall said, it's not a poop wall, it's a compost fence. <laughs> Semantics. Uh, first, we had that feller burying his underpants in our yard and now this the so the having grown up on a cattle farm uh very early on uh in the life of the cattle farm my dad i remember we walked out onto the front porch of our house i was going to work he was going to work and it was particularly ripe that morning we had a couple thousand head of cattle and my dad said he took in a huge breath through his nose and then said smells like money and he walked off the front porch and there was this weird thing that happened to me where i was like because at the time i thought that's what i was going to do for a living for the rest of my life i I, it completely changed my perspective because i was like yeah it does i mean now i realize it also smells like destroying the environment but at the time i was just like yeah he's right it smells like money this is great this is what and I, I didn't mind it as much anymore but that wasn't what this made me think of what this made me think of was one night long after I had left the cattle farm, I was working at my current place of business. I was driving home late one night. It was dark and I was taking a back country road and I came upon, I saw, you know, when your headlights hit an animal's eyes, they're glassy and you get the reflection. Yeah. You immediately know you're, you're looking at an animal, even if you can't make out the animal. And so I knew there was something in the road. So I slowed down. And when I got closer, it was a cow. It was a Holstein cow. So there was a, a neighboring farm close by, uh, and that farm, I knew that farm because they have those gigantic poop sprinklers. If you've never seen these, they, yeah. they use them on like corn patches and things like that. They're, they're very, when you get up close to them, they're actually really tall. They're like 12 feet tall, ginormous sprinklers that just shoot. Think of like your standard sprinkler in the yard, a rainbird, but it's spraying out liquefied shit. Like that's what they, and that's how... The farmers love it because it gets rid of all the manure and the other farmers who are growing the crops, if they're not the same person, they love it too because it fertilizes the crops. So it's win-win. Anyway. Yeah, they, they're amazing to, to look at because they they will shoot this stuff for right. long ways. Right. Yeah. So I had driven by this place multiple times and I had seen what is effectively a lagoon of manure. It is this <laughs> giant circular dirt mound that is just filled with liquefied manure and it has all these hoses running out of it that feed all the different sprinklers so anyway the reason i'm saying this is because i now i've stopped my car cow in the road i've dealt with cows many times before in my life so i'm, I'm used to this and i see the two farmers who are coming up the road to try and basically chase the cow back into the pen that it escaped from so i'm doing my typical hey hey you know trying to move the cow along they're doing their thing trying to move the cow along and the older guy who ran the farm was just, he's just one of those people I've met a million times in my, in my life when I worked on the cattle farm, just a codgery old, not a tooth left in his head, probably 120 years old, still works seven days a week, just salt of the earth, as tough as nails, but doesn't have time for this. 
Cal got out and has gotten out a million times before in his life, so he does not give a shit. So he is poking this thing. He's poking it with a cattle prod. And and we're just trying to get it down the road so that it can go back into his pen. But he's so angry that he's just zapping this thing over and over. And finally, it jumped the guardrail of the road, ran through his corral, and literally jumped right into the lagoon of shit. So now I'm in a panic because this cow, you can, it's dark, but you can hear this thing flailing, like glooping around in this stuff. So I'm like, hey, do you have a chain? We'll go get a chain and we'll try. I'm talking to what I think was his son, a younger guy who was with him, but they're dressed identical. And I said, you know, do you want to go get a chain, a rope, something like that? What do you want to do? Do you want to see if we can get this out? And the old guy said, "Ah, it's gone in the shit pit. It's dead. And he just turned around and walked away and left me standing on the road. And the guy was like, thanks for your help, the son. And he turned around and walked away. So now I'm just standing on the country road, listening to a cow fight for its life in a giant shit lagoon with nothing that I can do about it. So I just went, got back in my car and drove home completely depressed for the rest of the night. That's horrible. Yeah, because it was it was just going to drown in its shit pit and eventually be spread on a corn patch. Have you seen a therapist about this? You should, and I know that that guy was like, "Oh, city slicker doesn't know a thing yeah. about cows." Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. So that's my. Thanks for bringing that up, Tracy. Thanks for reminding yeah, no me problem. of that. I really appreciate it. You were like, "Hey, do you got any hosted snowballs?" <laughs> I have an idea. Our third story: Giant California condors are rare, but not for. Cinda Mickle's home, about 15 to 20 of the giant endangered birds have recently taken a liking to the house in the city of uh, uh, Tehachapi. <laughs> One more time with feeling. Yeah. yeah. God, you know what? I did not practice. That's, that's all right. That's all right. Say it again. Let, no. You know, just can you put it in the put it in the, the chat window? Let's take a look at it. Let's sound this out together. <laughs> Let's take a let's take a look at this. Once again, this is usually I approach these words with uh, great like uh, boldness. You uh, knowing uh, that I have no hope in hell of knowing how to uh, pronounce them. This is why you win the excellence in journalism awards that you receive. I'm I'm throwing it uh, in the. Throwing in yeah, you are because it's making all kinds of noises. Steve, don't respond to yeah. this, or it's going to make a bunch more noises. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Mickle's daughter, um, Siana uh, Quintero, San Francisco, <laughs> began posting photos of the rowdy guests on Twitter. <laughs> and she told the uh, San Francisco Chronicle uh, the birds showed up at her mother's home sometime last weekend, and the birds have trashed the deck, ruined her spa. And their decorative flags and lawn ornaments. Plants have been knocked over and railing scratched. And apparently, they poop everywhere. Tehachapi. Huh. Yeah. It's- I, th- I, I, I think it's in a Little Feet song. I am not even kidding. <laughs> I think I heard of that yeah. being in Tehachapi. Yeah, that's uh, that L- actually sounds Little right. Wing. No. I think it's in Little Wing. Not Little Wing. It's in Willen by little feet i know you're all fascinated by it but i think that Tehachapi is yeah i can understand your frustration and same way her daughter said she's definitely frustrated but also in awe 
of this and knows what an unusual experience this is. The U.S. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Service, which runs a program to save the species from extinction, responded on Twitter. The agency noted that the house is in historic condor habitat and suggested that mickles try harmless hazing like shouting or clapping or spraying water. Sure, on giant condors. Hey, uh, Steve Willen, the song. Yeah. Come back to me here. Willen. Is this yeah. the one that says... Um, yeah, and you, and you the back sh- roads so I wouldn't get weighed? Yeah. So yeah. I, I have a question on this because I'm mm-hmm. not going to... I won't... We had a teacher, I'll just say, in, in high school who used to play this song. And as a teenage boy, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to lyrics like I do now. Am I crazy or does that song say, and I'm not endorsing this for a moment, I'm asking a question. Does that song say, if you give me weed, whites, and wine? And if so, does it mean white people? Is that a racist no, song? It's, no, it's not racist. It's whites are little white pills. It's speed. Okay. All right. I was, tr- if it tr- was a, I was curious if it was yeah. a drug. But when he says, if you give me weeds, whites, and wine, and you show me a sign, I'll be willing, I was like, well, wow, that's that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, no, why? No, it's not, it's, it's not a racist song. Uh, Little Feet's actually quite a, you know, uh, quite a great band. They're absolutely unbelievable. But, hey, if you but, like racist it, bands, it's fine. I'm not going to judge you, Steve. Yeah, I mean, all it's, of us have probably it's not a, racist it's, LPs yeah. in our yeah. library. It's, yeah, not I mean, a, it's not a racist It's not a racist tune. It's it's whites or um, Let little me, white pills for, Steve, this for brings, trucker speed. What is your most racist uh, uh, thing on vinyl right now? Uh, that would be um, Jose Jimenez um, in the military. I have that. That's what I have. That's probably oh, the yeah. most racist well, thing that, that I have. That was practically um, dispensed in among suburban. We should. Steve has taken this to another dark place, Tracy. Let's get out of this this hole that he. So Lavinia Monga had no idea a baby was coming when she went into labor on a flight from her home in Utah to Honolulu last week. I just didn't know I was pregnant, and then this guy. Came out of nowhere, Manga said during a video interview hey, with how are you? Hawaii Pacific Health. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by these stories because you it's like once every six months, once every eight months, whatever it is, you hear one of these stories of these women who yeah. did not know that they were pregnant until the moment that they gave birth. And I'm always fascinated by <clears throat> it. I my head and I'm sorry, but my head always goes one of two places. Either a very tiny petite baby. <laughs> Or a very overweight woman who just didn't realize that she was pregnant because there was too much going yeah, or, on otherwise. Or, or What's the third, Steve? Immaculate conception. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's interesting that uh, a few years ago that uh, someone I work with had a daughter ha- had this exact same thing occur. And it was, uh, um, and it's one of those things where you're thinking, well, um, how could someone not know that they must be and you you yeah you start drawing a lot of conclusions that you're, are based you're, upon your brain can't just, solve for it so you have to figure out you have to try and figure out a way to resolve it in your head that's that's all i'm doing is like how right. does this happen yeah and so uh very very lovely mother and a, a a boy who's probably about 10 years old today and this really did occur and it's one of those things that unless you kind of know the people involved um, to sort of uh, demystify uh, why, why or how this could have occurred, um, it's uh, it is unusual. But the baby boy Raymond, 
arrived early and uh, just 29 weeks while uh, the mom was traveling to Hawaii for vacation with her family. Dr. Dale Glenn, a Hawaii Pacific Health Family Medicine physician, along with Lanny Bamfield, Amanda Beating, and Mimi Ho, a neonatal intensive care unit nurse from North Kansas City Hospital, were also on the plane and helped the new mother and baby. <laughs> Pretty much like they had like the birthing ward of any major U.S. city. Yeah. Already just ready to say, okay, we're, uh, we're gonna, somebody go boil some water and, and tear up some sheets. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I would, that's amazing that there's that many uh, qualified people on there because I would be just, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. So th- th- this, I know this was a birthing story, but uh, vacation, uh, medical emergency, that type of stuff. I went in once for a for myself, not for my wife. I went in for an ultrasound because I was having stomach issues. I was having stomach pains. And the woman who gave me the ultrasound told me the story because an ultrasound, it's it's a process. You're in there for a little while while they put the gel on you and rub the thing around and do the thing. So for you, it's a little while longer because it takes longer to find your uterus. But anyway, well, go ahead. and there's I, I was I thought you were going to go somewhere with body hair. There is a pre shaving that has to take place before the gel can be put on. And so, yes, there is there's a little more time involved there. <laughs> Doctors out there with like the cool hand Luke yo-yo. Yeah. Whipping at your body hair, yeah. trying to trying to get the top layer off. So she tells me this story about her and her family were on a vacation. And while they were on vacation, they had they stayed at this really nice uh, sort of rental property that they had gotten. And one of the things that came with the rental property was your on-site chef. You got a chef that would come out. You got one meal a day. They would come out and cook whatever it was. And, and it was part of the vacation package. So she said, you know, we're, we're, we've had him out a couple of times. He's made like waffles for the kids in the morning, some really fancy breakfast, all that kind of stuff. So the last night there, they decide that they're going to effectively have a luau. They're going to cook a pig in the, in the ground. He's got this whole recipe he's come up with. They're doing this whole thing. She said it was delicious. So she said, I eat all the food. She's like, I am just cramming food down my face. We're all drinking. We're very drunk. And she said, I was, I was eating like I shouldn't have been eating. I was just piling it in. So you're going to think this is like a very similar story to what I said about Fogo de Chao, but it's not. It's got a twist, and this is where it gets really cool. So buckle up. Uh, they're flying back the next day after this giant, you know, last night on vacation feast that they had, and she starts to same thing. She starts to sweat. She starts to have all these issues, and she said, I thought I had just overeaten. And I, I was now paying for it. So she said, it's I better go, not end with diarrhea, baby. It, no, <laughs> I can't. I can't do diarrhea, baby right now, man. We got no, to end the show no, on a better, no, better note. No. Proceed. So, so she she <laughs> she goes into the airplane bathroom and she said nothing's happening. Like she cannot make anything happen and she doesn't know what's going on. The plane lands. She's in severe pain. She's sweating. But she makes it through the night. The next day, she goes to drive her daughter to school. And while she's driving her daughter to school, she passes out driving. The daughter takes her phone and calls. Now, this daughter was, as she said at the time, like 10. But the daughter knows enough to get the phone and call 911. So 911 shows up. They pick her up. They take her to the hospital. And they have to perform emergency surgery on her. What she had done is she had ate the pig so fast that she actually consumed one of the giant wooden skewers that was still in the pig. 
she swallowed the skewer and then it turned sideways in her intestine and was literally poking out her intestine causing sepsis like she was she was dying effectively because she had let this yeah. thing sit in there for so long so she had to have emergency surgery and so she was she was this was all she's telling me all this while i'm having an ultrasound for severe stomach pains about how she was moments away from dying as she's smearing the gel and rubbing this thing all over me and doing the thing that, yeah. that she did and we hadn't even got to the ultrasound yet go ahead there, Steve. now i i know there's a study that's been done and I'll have to figure it out. But um, recently, the study was um, number of times we chew our food now versus the number of times we chewed our food like 25 years ago. And it, the, the number is very different now. Like right. The, the, like we like our teeth are kind of ornamental at this point. We yeah. just kind of shove stuff in and hope for the best. But um, that that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm picking up from this. Like, how do you get, how do you get, you know, a skewer past the gatekeeper? Right. I mean, th those, yeah, those teeth, uh, it's, they, it's they, they do more than just chew it up. Right. They, they also kind of test, for what's happening that's to what's tracy's point in. it was the alcohol it was the yeah. this food is so good it was the i'm going to just shove as much as i can in uh see we're, we're loaded yeah, with once, drops tonight i'm gonna alcohol. have no problem finding drops next week yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a it's the whole show next uh next week is gonna be just uh, previously on it's yep. gonna go 25 minutes tracy is that the news uh that's the news fellas <laughs> <laughs> uh we are working on some guests uh, there is one guest who has actually gotten back to us and is willing to come on the show and now tracy is ghosting this guest <laughs> so well i only just got back to this computer that i uh contacted him i, I don't i'm not going to get into the whole two-factor authentication problem that we're currently having ha having happened behind the scenes but I, old man I know... tracy will not do two-factor authentication <laughs> just out of principle he's just like i don't think i need to send a registered letter to tell him that i'm gonna log into facebook <laughs> speaking of the robots getting you and robots taking over if you got this is the last thing i'll say if you guys haven't seen mitchell's versus the machines on netflix your family will love it regardless of age it is fantastic one of the best animated films i've seen in the last 10 years easily hands down if not my favorite so mitchell's versus machines if versus the machines if you haven't seen it go watch it uh highly okay. enjoyable is it better than bubble guppies <laughs> better than storks hey uh steve anything else out of you before we get the hell out of here um i did want to tell you fellas that i got my second dose of uh, vaccine this last week and uh, I felt a little bit run down, but yeah, you know, I think we're on the road to being able to do, uh, you know, more in-person shows together and, uh, and maybe take that, maybe do the in-person uh, road trip podcast we've been talking the about. The underpants burying show that we yeah. want to do. Heck now. yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll, here's what we'll do. We, 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 we talked about going to minors, right? And, right. and grabbing a burger and doing the podcast thing there. Oh, I That's like great. where this is going because I think I know exactly where you're going here. Go ahead. On on the way to Miners, yep. there's a there's a very short um, there's a very short trip that we can take to my parents' house, and we can all bury some underpants in my parents' garden, 
and then um, either either on the way there or on the way back. But see, uh, here's where I thought you were going with it. We load up on the miners' uh, hamburgers, then we stop at the place I had referenced, not by name. We get some soft serve ice cream, and by and then, that point, yeah, we've got some real. How far? How far yeah, can then, you get? No, we'll yeah, have some were, real underpants to bury at your at your parents' house. We'll have yeah. that. There will be a story we, behind that underpants, Barryan. We are gonna be we are gonna be to eating that soft serve and then marking I ninety like they do at, at the the sand pit in any long jump competition at a track meet is what's gonna happen. We're say how how far you made on your soft serve jump. That's okay. all I got. All right, perfect. Thanks for taking us out on a high note, Tracy. How about you? I, I'm looking forward to having uh, fewer toilets in my yard yeah. and, uh, and maybe some furniture out and uh, and maybe uh, not dressing in the garage anymore. So we'll see. All right. Well, for Steve and for Tracy and for me, uh, Steve, can you get me the, the number of that place that sold you your Cadillac of toilets? I'd really like to look into that. Yeah, it's uh, 1-800-COSTCO. We'll talk That's to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.